Hello. You're listening to Strong and Motivated, where you will find stories, words of encouragement, and scriptures intended to motivate you to positive action. I'm your host, and my name is Kina Small. In last week's episode, Committed, the message was intended to act as a checkpoint for each of us as we work toward our personal and spiritual goals. It was my hope that as we went through the episode together, we would be able to identify and put into practice methods that would help launch us in the right direction or keep us on the correct path if already there. In this week's episode, Dream Killers, I will share my personal journey with some of the dream killers in my life and also see what stories I can share that will help remind us that no matter how many dream killers we run into, the goal is to keep it moving with the dream in our heart and never kill another person's dream. I would like to share how I usually end up with most of the episodes I share. This is not always the pattern, but most of the time it is. Usually, I hear something or notice something that catches my attention or saddens me in some way, or it could also get me excited. I love stories, and I also love adventure and hearing about positive things that take place in people's lives. I also feel my life's journey is worth sharing. Being an older woman has given opportunity for many experiences, also as a mother of six adult children and a woman who has been in business several years that has also enabled me to gain a measure of experience in many areas. My childhood, teen years, and young adult years with the mistakes and the gains can be a measuring stick for someone along the way. Understanding the value of a story and what we can take away from the story is a treasure in itself. I never stop looking for ways I can be a help to someone else or learn from them, even children. I never count someone out because they seem less knowledgeable, because under all of the masks and cover-ups we have, there are so many hidden treasures, and loving someone else can often cause them to bloom and those hidden treasures to emerge. There are two reasons this episode came to life in my mind. The first reason happened when I was talking with a friend recently and sharing my feelings about what the parents are going through during this pandemic. My heart goes out to everyone in various situations, but this time my thoughts were on the parents of school-aged children and the youth. I shared my thoughts with my friend who has two children in elementary school. I also shared a small portion of the system I use, and I will share that with you now. There are three important things that I did I set up a system that worked for me. It didn't matter what other people thought about the system. The first thing I did was get myself organized. People that know me know that I am a strategist. I like systems and strategies. I had to figure out what worked and what didn't. We started school early on at 8.30 a.m. and would end in the afternoon for our homeschool. The night before, I would figure out what I would serve for breakfast and lunch. I set the breakfast table the night before and also knew what the little ones would wear the next day. When I didn't make homemade bread in the oven, I made it in the bread machine. 
I put it in the machine at night and I set the timer so it would be ready for breakfast. Don't feel pressured to follow anything I did. I am only sharing this because no matter what you do, if you get a system that works for you, it will be much easier. What changes can you make that will make it easier for you going forward? Also, when my children were at home, we always attended the eight o'clock service at our church. Many people wondered how I could get five children dressed, ready and fed, and make it to church on time. I tell everyone I had a system that worked for me, and all it takes is a little thought and prep work to be successful. You can do it too. Circumstances don't have to dictate how we respond. We have a choice. Remember, change is inevitable. It's what we do in the process that matters. When I decided to home educate my children, I was given a choice. God put it in my heart and I felt led to move forward with it. I had time to research my options and get prepared. My husband and I had time to put money aside and also wait for curriculum sales if necessary. Homeschooling wasn't dropped in our lap without necessary time to prepare. There were so many things we needed to do beforehand. First, we had to understand the laws of our state. I understand with the pandemic, it's a little different. So there was really no need to understand the law necessarily because the law was doing the thrusting of getting parents in place for the transition. But I can understand the frustration that goes along with transition. So many people I know personally were, and some are still struggling with juggling the new uncharted grounds of schooling at home. Trying to understand the limitations put on everyone while expecting people that had no clue about the process to step up to the plate as if they had been doing this all along can be challenging. Parenting in itself is challenging, but for a person that has children in school, while building their personal career with the hopes of someday giving their children more than they had, it can be a dream killer. When you make plans and have a dream about the way those plans will unfold for the future, we expect everything to go as planned. There are situations that come about that can cause the death to our dreams. We begin to feel as if what we planned will never take place and then there are those people that come along and challenge our dreams and the process the dream has taken. They see the road we are on and feel as if they have a right to speak about the dream in our heart. It doesn't matter if they know a thing about us or the full scope of the dream we have. It could be a dream about a business, going back to school, or a dream of staying home with the children and starting a home business. Whatever dream you have, or even if you are new to dreaming, dream on. If there is nothing else we can do, we can dream. And during this pandemic, dreaming is most important. So don't let anyone kill your dream. And while you're at it, dream big and keep those dreams safe from the dream killers out there. I commend all of you who are continually moving forward with all the changes and I pray and believe your journey will become easier as you continue on the path. Life's lessons can be challenging, but when we focus more on what we are learning in the process, 
sometimes it becomes easier to move forward. Circumstances don't have to dictate how we respond. We do have a choice. Remember, change is inevitable. It's what we do in the process that matters. Never stop dreaming and moving forward. The second reason has to do with being the dream killer. Let me share my story before getting into anything else. When my husband and I married, he was working in management for a plant. He had training in hazmat. He was an an operating EMT for the plant as well and working in nuclear operations. He also wrote training curriculum for the plant and traveled extensively training others in the protocol for the area he was considered an expert. I haven't listed all of his certifications and areas of expertise, but HR was also an area he gained skills along with his degree. We wanted for nothing at the time. We had excellent salaries and benefits with the company and I traveled with him and took the children along for schooling excursions or just a fun time away. Before I go on, I want you to keep this statement in mind. We, us, you, me, no one has any idea what someone else is experiencing or what challenges they are facing unless they share it personally with you. It doesn't matter what you see, what you think, or what someone else says. You cannot know what is taking place in someone else's life unless the person involved lets you in on their personal story. Okay, back to my personal story. We were set up perfectly, and then came the change. The company was downsizing, and our lives began to change drastically over time. My husband was no longer with the company. Long story short, we depleted our savings over time, got into our 401k, and my husband struggled getting a job because he was overqualified for many, and the door just didn't open for him to find work. Many of the people who interviewed him didn't want to take a chance on hiring him because they felt if they did, he would eventually move on to better paying opportunities. During that time, he applied for unemployment while searching for job opportunities. He was denied unemployment. Eventually, after appealing the process, he was granted unemployment funding. We both agreed I would continue doing what I did by staying home and working from home. It made no sense to put the children in school, especially since we knew God had led us down the homeschooling path previously. And it also didn't make sense to put the younger ones in daycare. The cost would continue putting us in a deficit and we had no desire to do anything outside of what we were already doing. With that being said, we eventually needed help financially. Even with the unemployment and what I could bring in, it just wasn't enough. When my husband was working, at one point we had 47% of his check taken for taxes. The more you make, the more is taken from you. Some people are not aware of that. We were in the upper middle class bracket and it was gone pretty quickly. Our world was turned upside down. Fortunately for us, we came from families that knew how to make ends meet and knew what to do in hard times. 
and with that being said, we still needed help. I can remember around the Christmas holidays, Catholic Charities had us on the list for potential families in need and gave us a huge box of new Christmas toys and much needed gloves and scarves for the children. We had food and coats donated and we were very thankful. My heart goes out to people in need. We've been there, but as long as we were making big money and driving new cars, people looked at us as a prominent family in the community and we were considered to be all right. We lost a car during that time and ended up getting a used car. We were receiving government assistance and WIC for the children and every day my husband was out there beating the pavement in search of work. Things changed for us severely. Eventually the company that downsized my husband sought him out again because he was extremely qualified and knowledgeable in the field. The reason I am sharing this story is to shed light on what I see taking place all over the world. People are in need and being judged for unplanned situations, and I am sure there are people that have brought on bad circumstances by their actions or inactions in life. Who hasn't? However, we as a people are called to love and help when the opportunity arises. I was looking at someone's feed on Facebook. This is a person that is in my church. What caught my eye was the response to a post concerning the food banks in our area. They were struggling to keep up with the needs in the community and the people on Facebook were commenting. The comments I saw and have heard over time are comments like, people just need to get a job. Just pull up your bootstraps and quit whining. Some people are selling their SNAP food stamps and shouldn't be allowed anything. They talked about the minimum wage and how it will take away from the small business and some businesses will be shut down because the business owners are not in a position to pay that wage and therefore the business will operate at a loss and eventually shut down. They discussed how qualified they were and how they got a job when necessary, so why can't others? They talked about the difference between liberals and conservatives. They discussed how people shouldn't have all the children they have if they cannot afford them. But not once did I hear or see anyone talk about the need for food, the actual reason for the post. Regardless of all of the above, whether you believe it to be true or not, there is still a need for food in the community. People are hungry. We spend money on so many unnecessary things in our lives, so why so hesitant to help with feeding the needy? Is it because we want to make a point about why they shouldn't be given anything? Keep in mind, I recognize there are people that abuse the system but there are also actual people that are struggling and doing all the right things. We are called to be Christ-like, and if you don't believe in Jesus, I'm sure you've heard the saying, you reap what you sow. In Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21, Jesus had compassion on the people, and he began healing the sick. There was a massive crowd thousands of people and as it became late in the day the disciples who were with Jesus 
They were his followers and they kept company with him as they were learning more about him and the ministry they were a part of. They wanted to send the people away. They recognized it was getting late and the place they were in was pretty remote. There were many people that were hungry and Jesus did not want to send them away. He wanted them fed. They only had so much food and it certainly wasn't enough for everyone. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and multiplied them and fed all who were in need. He didn't line them up and question them about why they had no food or why they didn't pack a lunch. He never asked if they had spent their earnings and is that why you came unprepared. He didn't ask anything. He just met the need. I must add, he did tell the disciples to not send them away but feed them. And they in turn talked about how they, the disciples, didn't have enough. My point is when there is a need, the Lord would have us meet the need as best we can. And when we are not able to do any more, then we have the opportunity to go to the Lord and ask how does he want us to be a part of meeting the need if we are lacking something. Lack is always an opportunity to stand in faith and watch God work it out. But for those of little faith, we must help them along so they might see God working through us. It is not our job to judge. It is our job to love. God is love, and the only way people will see Him working is when we get involved with assisting those in need. God will deal with the cheaters and liars out there. He will also deal with the arrogant and prideful. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 18, in the King James Version, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Another version says, Your boast becomes a prophecy of a future failure. The higher you lift up yourself in pride, the harder you will fall in disgrace. My husband and I eventually got back on our feet and was able to do many things as we had before. God opened new doors and we began building our lives on a new platform. He has since retired two times and I am currently semi-retired. Life on this end of the spectrum is no different with the exception of having a better financial platform. We still trust God completely as best we can. We serve others and are always operating with open hands for those in need. My mother is in her 80s. She started a nonprofit years ago and still doesn't take a salary from it. Her sole goal was making sure the kids in the community had a safe place to go after school and a meal. They tutored the children. They fed them and gave them many necessary items they would never receive at home. Many of the children come from families that receive assistance and some of the parents are on drugs or just don't want to put forth the effort. One might think, if they are in a household so bad, then why are they not removed? Sometimes it's not that easy, and my mother's goal was never to be judge and jury. She wanted to do what was easiest in meeting their needs quickly. These children are hungry after school, and sometimes their home atmosphere is not good, nor is it safe. She has a building with computers, books, toys, food, snacks, clothing, and school supplies that have been donated. What if she were the same as the people in the Facebook post? 
What if she decided she wouldn't feed them because their parents won't work? Or better yet, the parents sell the food stamps and haven't been caught yet. Even if the parents are selling the stamps and taking the money, the children still need to eat. Where would the children be without my mother's kindness? The system is broken, but my mother understands the need to enhance the lives of others, and so do I. I refuse to kill another's dream. Each of these children and some of the families have dreams to have a better life. Some of them just don't know how to get there. I am a dreamer and a dream giver. I help other people dream and dream big. I want every child in this world and every person to know they have other opportunities than failure. I want every person to know the world is a playground and we get to be a part of the team that plays. We get to be a part of the team that reaches out and comes to the aid of those in need. My dad had a saying, people are like crabs in a bucket, he used to say. When one crab is trying to climb up from the bottom, the others jump on its back and then they all fall down. Consider this, not everyone who seeks help is a cheater, a liar, a thief, or a user. I can attest to that. There was a poor widow in the Bible. She and her son only had a little food. They were on the last of their supplies and she was going to use what she had, eat the last meal with her son and prepare to die. The prophet Elijah came to town. He had been in an area where the brook had dried up and God instructed him to go to the very town where the widow lived. He arrived at the town gate and was thirsty. He saw the widow gathering sticks in preparation for cooking her last meal. Elijah asked her for a drink of water. She was going to get the water, and he called out and also asked her for a cake, some bread to eat. She told him she didn't have any bread, only a little flour and oil for her last meal. She also shared her plan to cook the last meal and wait to die. Elijah told her, do not be afraid, and then told her to make a cake for him first and then something for her and for her son. It's important to note that he first addressed her fear. He knew what he was asking could put her in fear. He was asking her to not only give up her meal, but the meal for her child. He was asking her to put someone else before her needs. And after addressing her fear, he gave her instructions as to what she should do. He told her to feed him, Elijah the prophet first, and then he told her she could eat with her son after. She knew he was a man of God. She knew he was a prophet because she addressed him as such. You can read the story in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 through 16. Elijah told her if she would put him first, then God would supply the needs she had continually. She fed the prophet first and God did in fact supply her with flour and oil continually. She and her son lived and were blessed for their efforts. We never know who we might encounter in life. We could meet a godly man or woman who is homeless or encounter someone else with another type of need. Listen to the scripture in the New International Version of Hebrews 13.2. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Can you imagine turning away an angel of God? Never neglect an opportunity to do good. I read in 1 John 4, 8 that God is love. 
The actual scripture is, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So if you are not showing love, then it would be hard to say you know God's character. Because I read in 1 Corinthians 13:4, God is love, and love is patient, kind. It doesn't envy, boast, or is proud. I want others to look at me, and when they are around me, I want them to see and experience the love of God and the compassion of Jesus. I want to continue nurturing and giving dreams. How about you? Are you a dream giver, a dream nurturer, or a dream killer? If you find that you tend to kill more dreams than nurture them, you can opt to challenge yourself and anyone you know to be a dream giver, a nurturer of dreams. If for no other reason than the children in this world, the children in our future, the future leaders need more dreams given and less taken away. All right then, until next time.